here with Chris Algieri, the beast. I, Chris, I'm a huge fan. Thanks for coming on Perform. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. So, you know, you grew up in New York. Tell us a little bit about growing up in New York and what got you into boxing. Yeah, so uh, I grew up on Long Island in New York and, uh, you know, a little different than, than New York City and, or upstate. But, uh, you know, New York City, New York, um, Long Island rather, is not really a place that's re- known for boxing. There wasn't a lot of gyms growing up. So I actually started out as a, as a martial artist. And uh, boxing was just something that I always loved, I was always into. I grew up watching it with, with my family and my grandfather. Um, so for me, it was something I always wanted to do. Was always, always, always thought of myself as a boxer, always wanted to box. But there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for it when I, you know, where I was on Long Island. Mm. I know that you obviously have an amazing kickboxing record. 20-0, you retired. Tell us a little bit about you know, what was the moment that you decided to retire and move into boxing? Honestly, it was, it was, I knew exactly what I wanted to do in kickboxing. I said, I wanted to be a two-time world champion. I wanted one of those belts to be the ISK, the International Sport Karate Association, which is pretty much the, the, the pound for pound ring magazine type. You know, the, when you're that world champion, you're the champion of the world. So that was one was important to me. Um, and I wanted to do it in two weight classes. So literally, as soon as I completed that goal, I was like, all right, I, I, I want to box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was, that was always the plan for me, for, even from when I was a teenager, I mm-hmm. wanted to win a couple world titles of kickboxing and then go right to boxing and, uh, become a world champion there. Yeah. I watched some of your kickboxing and bro, like you're like an animal, like you were like ripping people apart. It was insane. Like, yeah. like when I say the beast, I'm not even joking you like th- you are a dangerous dude, man. Like, honestly, like, wow. Um, I wanted it's, to, you, you know, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it's funny you, you bring that up because in my, my boxing career, I'm, I'm known as a boxer. I'm, I'm known as a smart guy, technical, use my yeah. jab, be defensive. People don't know about my kickboxing career. Kickboxing was the bell rang and I met you in your corner and I was punching and kicking until you weren't there anymore. You know, I used to get knocked down a lot. It was back and forth. Kickboxing is a whole different world for me. Yeah, no, honestly, like you were like, you're like, all of your kicks are incredible. Like I was watching like all the various kicks you have and I was like, wow, like you would have been a killer in MMA, you know, like just say, <laughs> <laughs> if you need a manager, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you up. Yeah. But no, I wanted to talk to you because one of the biggest fights that I, I enjoyed actually watching your career was when you fought wrestling. I mean, mm-hmm. that was incredible. Like, honestly, tell us a little bit about like, obviously, you know, first half of the fight, I think, you know, he probably had it, you know, from what I saw. And then you just really kind of came back. What was the mindset that you were going through? And like, what was the strategy in the second half of the fight? So that, uh, <clears throat> that fight, I was super prepared, prepared for that fight. We had a great game plan going in. I was in phenomenal condition. Um, you know, everything was, was in, in terms of what I felt, everything was, my, was going my way for that fight. The matchup, when it was happening, where I was in my career, my momentum. Even though I was a 15 to 100 dog, you know, at, at the time, I, I didn't feel like that way. I felt like I was prepared. I feel like I had everything I, I needed in order to come out of that fight, uh, the winner. And also, I thought I was, I was going to make that fight look easy. Mm. I, I thought that Ruslan was too slow. I thought that his footwork wasn't there. Um, you know, he had great power. He's a tremendous champion. Very, very dangerous guy, especially at that point. But I just felt like stylistically in the way we matched up, it was a perfect fight for me. So when that first round happened and I got hit with that left hook and broke my orbital, broke my nose, um, for me, I was, I was pissed at myself because I was like, man, I could have made this a whole different fight if I didn't have this happen early on. Um, but I mean, 
we were behind the eight ball at that point. You know, it was, it was pretty much the, the worst first round you could ever have in a 12-round fight, fighting mm -hmm. a guy like that who's going to be there. So for me, I just kind of had to right the ship, get back to what the original game plan was, which was to box smart, make him miss, counter him when he does everything, and keep touching him to the body to weaken him. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I kind of got past, you know, what was going on with my eye, um, and kind of figuring out how to see with the one eye, how to fight with one eye rather than not see with one eye, how to fight with one eye and get the timing. It was pretty much just, just back to what we worked on in the gym. You know, we had done it so many times over and over and over again. I knew exactly what I needed to do. So at that point it was pretty much, you know, just autopilot go out there and just do the, do, do, do the job. Um, didn't matter how much pain I was in, didn't matter how much blood or how bad my eye looked. Um, I just had to do the job. When the fight was over in your mindset, did you believe you won the fight? I did. I didn't think I was going to get the decision. Mm. Um, I was confident that I had done enough and that I was in control enough of the fight. Mm. And uh, even just body language wise, I felt good. I knew he didn't um, about how the fight was going. His, his corner was telling him he needed a knockout to win. Um, mm. You know, so I felt confident that I had done enough, but I didn't think I was going to get the decision. He was the hometown, the hometown guy, even though it was in New York. Um, mm. He was the HBO fighter. He was the guy with all the eyes on him. He was the guy who had trained with, with Manny Pacquiao and that they were setting up that fight. So for me, um, I thought I was going to get robbed. But as soon as I heard one judge give me, this, you know, because it's a split decision, one mm. judge gave it to him, next judge gave it to me, I knew right there I won. Mm. I didn't even need to hear a third judge. Because if one judge was, was not on the take and actually could see me win the fight, I was going to win the fight. What was it like with the crowd and the energy? Like, was it, were you, was it motivating you? Like, or was it playing with your mind a bit? Oh, I love that. I, I, it's one of the reasons why... I've been kind of holding back on stepping back in the ring because I, I want crowds, man. I love crowds. Mm. And um, that's a big part of why I think a lot of, a lot of us fight is we have that drive to, you know, have that feeling, to have that edge, to have that hype, to have that feeling. So for me that night, um, and I was really busy with selling tickets for that fight. So I sold, you know, I, I think I sold something like 50 or $60,000 worth of tickets, wow. you know, just from, just from literally my side. Mm. Um, and it was in Brooklyn, so a lot of the Long Island people were there to take the train, come on in. And uh, it, was, it was a wild night. It was loud in there. But um, honestly, once you're in there, mm. you know, you just, like I said, I was just, I was on autopilot going to, going to work. But every, every, every once in a while, you'll catch a, an Algeria chant or go Chris or something like that. And, and you know, honestly, we hear it. You know, we, we hear it and it, it, it can make a difference, mm. at least a little bit, because even a little bit matters. Was there something that you did going into that fight prior to the fight, whether it was eating something, meditating, something to get you in that f mindset? Because, I mean, this was a huge fight for you. Going in 15 and, like, probably, like, this is the fight that I'd say sprung your career, in my opinion. You know, like, so obviously, like, there was a lot of pressure on the table. Tell us a little bit about prior to the fight and what you did to really, like, get that mindset, you know, focused. Yes, that's, that's a great, great, great question. And uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of something that is pretty specific, but I started doing um, sensory deprivation tanks uh, mm -hmm. in the, you know, flotation, the flotation tanks. I was in Las Vegas for my training camps and Las Vegas is a loud place, you know, and I, I, I felt like I needed to get away from all that noise and all the hype and also all the, the media attention leading up to that fight is my first world title fight. Um, so for me, that, that, was, that was a solace where I could focus on, on me, focus on the inside, focus on my mindset. And, um, you know, just, just that was where I think I created the mantra that I had for the fight. And, uh, I still have it. I have a, a yellow post-it note and it's in my parents' house. Mm -hmm. 
And it says, on June 14, 2014, I, Chris Algieri, will defeat Ruslan Pravonikov and become the WBO Super Lightweight World Champion. Wow. And to this day, I have that. I had that on, my, on my, my bathroom mirror. So every morning, it was the first thing I saw when I brushed my teeth. Every night, it was the last thing I saw when I brushed my teeth to go to bed. Um, and that was for about nine weeks while I was in camp. Mm. And when I was in those sensory deprivation tanks in that float tank, I would just repeat that over and over in my head, mm. over and over. And that's why I can still you know, remember it to this day. I've said it, I've said it thousands of times, tens of thousands of times in that camp. I know uh, probably a million people are thinking this right now. What is the yellow sticky that you've got for the future? Like, what are you, what are you focused on right now? Getting back, getting back in there. Um, getting, getting another world title fight. Um, you know, I, I, I came back. I was, I was out for a long time, um, for about two and a half years, and finally came back. I got three good wins. Mm. Had a huge win, a, a stoppage, a knockout victory in, in, in Madison Square Garden, the undercard of Anthony Joshua and, John, and uh, Andy Ruiz. Mm-hmm. So I just want to get, I want to get back, back fighting, man. I miss, I miss being in the ring. I've, I've been fighting for professionally for 18 years now. It'll be 18 years, uh, this, this coming, um, November. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy to say. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so for me to be out of the ring and, 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 and especially with everything's going on with the pandemic, um, you know, it, it sucks. I want to, I want to get back. I want to get back to work. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, once we have that fight, there'll be another yellow sticky. Mm. <laughs> and it'll be that guy's name and me beating him so i know leading up to that fight the purses for you weren't that big this would have been your biggest win purse wise 100k if what i from what i recall just yes, yes. sheer curiosity what did you spend that 100k on <sighs> my school loans it was yeah. literally the first as soon as i got it um you know i had i had about 50-ish K in school mm-hmm. loans leading up to that point because I had my master's degree at that point um, and I paid for it myself and uh, you know I, I took out loans to do it and uh, yeah I, I, I remember pretty vividly I paid my team I prepaid my taxes and then I went to that that Sally May that's that's the uh, the borrower there and uh, I clicked that button and all that money went and um, I, I was I, I was afraid, obviously, before I, right before I pressed that button, I'm like, oh, man, I've never had this much money before. I'm just about to click it away. And I thought it was going to feel bad, but it didn't. I clicked mm-hmm. it, it went away, boom, I spent it, and the debt was gone. You know, and, and, and my, my degree, I still I have it, had that forever. You can't take that from me. Also, you can't take that world title from me. So for me, um, it was a great sense of relief to get that off my back. But uh, it kind of sucked when I looked at my bank account after all that, and I had no money <laughs> again. So what was it like to get the call? Tell me about the room that you were in when you heard you were f- going to fight Manny Pacquiao and Macau. Tell me, tell us a little bit about that. I was actually in the post-fight press conference for my fight with Ruslan. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I was in the back. They were telling me I couldn't go because I had to go to the hospital because my eye was so damaged. Um, but I said, no way. It's, mm. I, I'm a world champion. This is my post-fight press conference. I've been dreaming about this since I was, since I was a kid. I put on a nice outfit. I got my belt. I'm going out there, put my sunglasses on to cover my eye. Um, you know, this is my time. I want to feel the questions. I want to, I want to, I want to take that all in. This is something I've been dreaming about. And they were like, no, 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 no. We got to go to the, the, the hospital. We got to the emergency room. That eye is bad. I'm like, yeah, it's bad, but we can go after. It's fine. Now, the eye's not going anywhere. I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, we went, I walked in and Bob Aram was talking and he goes, I want to see that kid fight Manny Pacquiao mm-hmm. in Macau, China. Mm-hmm. First question I got when I got up to the podium, hey, would you fight Manny Pacquiao? And I said, yeah. And they said, would you fight him in Macau, China? I said, 
yeah. You know, is there a ring there? Is there, is there anything different? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's fight. So uh, that was that was when I heard about it. That's when it pretty much got put together. Wow. And what were you uh, were you able to negotiate a purse like a better purse, or did you just kind of take the first like offer that came on the table? Oh no, never take the first offer on boxing. Um, I was managing myself at the time, hmm. so um, it was myself and my lawyer, um, and we sat down and it was across the table from, from the promoters and we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I believe the negotiation took about six hours Wow! and it was not fun. How surreal was that, eh? To go from beating Rosslyn, you know, 50, those odds were insane to then all of a sudden you're sitting across about to fight Pacquiao. Like that's like the elevator. Like you just like, forget the stairs. Like you were like, were yeah, you on cloud nine or what? 2014 is a crazy, crazy year. I, I couldn't be on cloud nine. Um, you know, I had to be so dialed in because like, again, I, like I said, I was managing myself too. So like I had to do that negotiating and that was miserable. You know, like that's not fun. Um, you know, all the things that surround fighting, I love fighting. Everything that surrounds is really tough and it's not, it's not what I love about it at all. Um, I don't think anybody does. I say it all the time. It's the best sport in the world, worst business. So for me, I didn't have time to be like, Oh man, this is amazing. Like I was like, I had the grind. That, two, that year, 2014, was wild. I went from main event ESPN in February, making 15 grand, to mm. HBO main event, fighting for a world title, to mm. Manny Pacquiao, you know, pay-per-view, Macau. It was, you know, it was just, it was wild. It was, it was yeah. just, you know, and, and a year earlier, I was going to retire. I was wow. going to quit. So. so. So tell us a little bit about, you know, getting to Macau. How much prior to the fight did you get to Macau? What was it like? prepping in Macau, you know, for the fight. Give us some insight on that whole experience. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I went out about 11 days and if I would do it again, I probably would have went out about two weeks at least. Mm. And I would have brought sparring partners and did, I did more of the work out there. Um, I had a lot of trouble dealing with time zone and the time changes mm. um, and just the travel and the teams and whatnot. But also I would have said no to a lot of the press, mm. a lot of the media stuff. Um, I didn't realize that was an option. I'd never been there and I kept showing up to media events and Pacquiao wasn't there. And I would say, I would say to the, the organizer, Hey, Mike, where's Pacquiao? Oh, he's not scheduled for this. And it was throughout the week over and over and over again. And he literally just didn't do any, I did all the press. So it was all on my back that the week of the fight and we were going all over. They were dragging me hours away from, from the, 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 uh, uh, the, the casino, like, and the pollution in China is awful. And Macau is really, really bad. Um, and I was going to speak at kids at a, at a boxing gym three hours away. And then they had to go this way and that way. I mean, it was a nightmare. And uh, looking back and speaking to, to some different trainers and other people since that time, my manager now, you know, they would have been like, no, we would have never let them do that. You know, that wouldn't have been, you could have said no. And I, I didn't realize it. You know, I've never been there before. So, um, you know, that's just tricks of the trade that aren't, aren't in the handbook. Wow. Well, that's interesting. I'm sure that for a lot of fighters out there who are managing themselves, they wouldn't think of that. So I, I like that. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, when you got in the ring with Pacquiao, wh what was it like? Like, give us like, what was going through your mind? You're in there. Give us some insight. Pacquiao is, he's, he's incredible. I mean, he's, 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 he's a very, very special athlete, um, especially what he's done even since then. You know, we fought six years ago and he's still out there beating undefeated world champions. Um, you know, at 42 or 43, whatever, whatever age is, but, um, he's obviously incredibly fast, hits very hard. Um, he's very smart. 
and his defense is way better than people give him credit for. His judge of distance and angles and movement and just how awkward he is and his ability to generate power from such imbalanced positions was the biggest surprise to me. I, I thought I was in places where I was safe and then he'd, he'd, he'd crack me with a shot that I couldn't believe it was as hard as it was. Um, you know, obviously I knew standing in front of him how hard he could hit and I was good at avoiding that, but there were times I, I thought, like, again, I said, I thought I was safe. Like there were times Ruslan, I'd move around him. I knew he hit super hard, but if I'm over here and he's on one foot, he's not gonna be able to hit me up. Pacquiao can't. And mm-hmm. that was very surprising. Very hard to get any kind of rhythm or set going with him because he has such a good broken rhythm and his ability to, you know, keep you guessing, keep you changing. You know, I felt like it was just changing, changing all night, just trying to, trying to figure, figure out what rhythm he was on. Mm. Would you say that Manny was the most talented fighter that you've ever fought? Um, I think if I had to score everything in terms of, you know, who was the best, yeah, I'd say, I'd say Manny was. Um, I don't know if he's maybe the most talented, but I, I, at the time that I fought him, combined with his experience, his physical gifts, uh, yeah, I would say that he was, he, he's the best that I've been with. And, you know, now sitting at this point in your career, is there somebody that you would like to rematch that you would like to go at it one more time with? Who would it be? Yeah, I mean, well, first comes to mind is is Amir Khan, because for Mm -hmm. me, that was a fight that I actually always wanted. And I thought we would make a very good fight. And we did. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And then also, I I, I thought that I won that fight. I thought that I had done enough. It was a very close fight. and It was a very, very good fight. Um, To this day, I go back and watch that fight for fun, because it's a great fight. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would like to, you know, that would, that would have been one that I kind of would have, would have liked to do again, but honestly, I'd like to fight Pacquiao again too, mm. because I think where I was in my career and again, where he was in his career, it was a very, it was a very tough position for me. And especially doing it in, in Macau, uh, I hadn't fought outside of New York at that point. And then, you know, I'm fighting the biggest fight of my career, you know, in Macau and he got the train to the Philippines. So, you know, yeah, I mean that, that, that wouldn't be off the table either, you know, mm. uh, but you know, well, I saw I saw the purse difference in the con fight, one point five million for con and three hundred and some change for you. I can see why you would have been pissed. I would have been pissed too. That was a well, those big. Numbers, those, those numbers aren't always right. Yeah, From that, one I, that one in particular wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, no, um, yeah, but honestly, I, I wasn't. I, I, you know, even just framing the question, I wasn't even thinking about it. You know, like that. Mm. But um, what I do think about is how much money that I lost by not getting the decision in that fight, by not winning that fight. Mm. Um, Cause that's, I mean, it, it's not, there's not a real number to it, but those are the kind of things that can, that can haunt a fighter. You can think back, man, yeah, we're talking seven figures, you mm. know, with whether one judge decides it yes or no, you know, which is similar to, you know, the Ruslan fight. So mm. it is what it is. I know that you wanted to go to medical school. You were very passionate about obviously the science, the body, are you still focused on that aspect right now? Like, are you doing anything in that world? Give us some insight. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was always the plan. And it's funny, I speak to so many of my ringside position friends and they still push me to try to go, to go back to school and go to medical school. Like I'll write you a review. No problem. If you ever need any, you know, anything. Mm. Um, and I'm like, ah, I just, I, I just think the, the, the time involvement at this stage and also the way that, Healthcare as a business is in, in my country is not, it's not what it used to be. And it's not something that I, I, I really kind of see myself working in that kind of world. Mm. Um, so right now I'm working as a nutritionist and I can see myself helping a lot of people that way. 
Mm. And I'm still heavily involved with with the uh, ringside positions. You know, I actually spoke at their 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 annual conference the last couple last week. Um, you know, so any way that I can in order to you know to give back to to young fighters and to kind of the 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 health and fitness of fighters on a whole, um, I'm on I'm of course on board for. And being involved with public speaking and speaking to you know groups of athletes, coaches. Uh, gyms, whatever, um, has been, been a passion of mine, you know, so, you know, being able to spread the knowledge and experience that I have, uh, I think is kind of the way that I can give back mm. in the way that I, I saw myself even as a kid. Is there a diet that you're really behind right now, whether it's keto, vegan, whatever, can you give us some insight on that? If there's anything you're really pushing right now? For me, I don't subscribe to any of the particular, you know, ideologies that, that are out there because that's what diets are these days. Um, it's more of like being involved with a group and, 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 you know, kind of identifying yourself with others. And, and, you know, that's just kind of human nature, but I don't find, I don't think that any one particular diet or dietary approach is, is better for, for boxing than anything else. But I do think there are some that are not, mm -hmm. um, keto, for example, I did not, yeah, I, there is no keto boxing, mm -hmm. um, being fat adapted, using fat for fuel. You're just not explosive enough. You're not going to have that deep gas tank. Glycogen is going to be, you know, storage form of carbohydrate in muscles, skeletal muscle is going to be where you're going to use, utilize the majority of your energy during a, during a boxing match. Everything is explosive. Everything is fast. Um, the metabolic demand of a boxing match is tremendous. It's absolutely through the roof. So uh, fat just is not efficient enough and give enough energy. And I, I can argue with people until they're blue in the face with this. And I'm sure there's plenty of those guys that are out there, but uh, the research is, isn't there to support that keto would be beneficial for a sport like boxing. Um, and then the whole vegan thing, I'm, 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 I'm not about that. I, I think that I know that humans are omnivores and, um, you're, you're, you can hundred percent live health healthfully as a vegan, but you're not going to be your best self and you're not going to be the most, um, you're not going to be the most optimized in terms of performance and for fighting. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm just, I'm a whole foods guy. You know, I love, I love food and, and, and meat is food and fish is food and plants are food. Um, I love plants. I love fruit. I love everything, you know, and, and, and I utilize that and utilize that for myself and for my clients in a way that optimizes their performance and recovery. Um, you know, so I'm just a food guy, you know, nice. that's, that's, that's my, that's my dietary approach. Where can people get information about your approach, uh, website, Instagram, just plug it for us. Yeah. Just crystalgeri.com has links to everything. Uh, I'm pretty active on my Instagram um, not so much on Twitter and the other ones out there, but uh, yeah, chrisaljury.com is 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 where you can find me and my email address, and Perfect. I do I do I do respond. So, is there anything you wanted to talk about before we wrap up today, or any questions you have for myself? What fights are you excited for coming up as a fight fan, whether it be MMA or boxing? Because I, I am I am a fan of everything. So, you know, I'm excited for um, a lot of fights. It's a very good question. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see you fight again, to be honest with you. I've been a big, thank big you. fan of yours. Um, thank you. Thank you. But I'm actually more leaning towards the MMA these days. I'm kind of a mm -hmm. MMA. I'm kind of like a old school guy. I'd, li I'd like to see some of the guys that, you know, come out of retirement, like a GSP or, you know, like a, even like a Anderson Silva, mm -hmm. like those type. But the cards that I'm kind of seeing that are coming up right now, there's nothing that's really like, I'm like, wow, like I really want to watch this. I'd love to see Khabib fight GSP if that would ever happen. Like that, that would be a great fight. And I mean, that would be amazing. You know, yeah. 
I mean, I'm also like, cause Frank, you know, I, I, I used to work with Frank for years, Frank Mir. I think Frank's an amazing, talented fighter. I'd love to see him do like a rematch maybe with N- Nagira or mm. like some, even like a Lesnar, like something like that would be pretty cool for me. Like, just cause I'm kind of close with Frank. Um, but yeah, you know, actually that you brought that up Tyson fighting any, I, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty, that, that's something I'm excited to see, you know, I honestly, I am too. Um, yeah. you know, when, it, when, when they first started talking about it, I was a little on the fence, but you know, and I had a lot of people reach out to me like, Oh, what do you think about this? Isn't this crazy? I'm like, well, no, I mean, these guys are making money. Good for them. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're in their fifties. They're, they're, they're both legends. They're both phenomenal. And if they want to go in there and, and, and make money together, sure. Let them do it. You know, but that was kind of how I looked at it. But now, I mean, as, as it's kind of been building and, um, I speak to Roy, you know, uh, pretty regularly and I'm checking in on his camp and he's, he's training for real. And these guys are, are taking this uh, very seriously, you know, and honestly, and Nick, initially I was like, oh, it's crazy. You know, Tyson, Tyson, you know, Roy. And then the more I've been thinking like, man, you know, Roy's got a real chance in this fight. And honestly, I'm, I might be leaning towards Roy mm. because of the hand speed, because of the, the um, how many rounds it is. Um, and also how much more active he has been as a, cause he's been a coach. He's a coach. Mm. So he's been in the gym for all these years. Tyson has not been in a ring since early 2000 and hasn't won a fight since that, before then. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting, it's a really interesting crossroads matchup of God. I just hope nobody's hurt, but I am excited about it. It does. It, it, it is. It does pique my interest quite a bit. They showed some practice sparring sessions with Tyson stuff. Just some like, I'm telling you, like, that guy looks really good right now. Like from what I saw the video footage, I was pretty impressed with the footwork and just like for his age, I was like, wow. Like, so I don't know. It's, I think maybe it's the hype or whatnot, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For something, like you said, for, for someone with that age and to move the way he does and not throw his back out is impressed. Like, the way he twists and rotates, he's such incredible rotational power. Um, but Hey man, he said it. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Was there somebody growing up or somebody that motivated you to kind of get into fighting, boxing? Was it your dad? Was it, tell us a little bit about that before we wrap up today. Uh, it was my grandfather. It was my mother's father. Uh, my mother's from Argentina. She mm. moved here, moved to the States when she was 13. So my grandfather was a hardcore Argentinian man who was into boxing and soccer or football, mm. you know, uh, as they call it there. Um, so boxing was literally the first sport I remember watching as a kid. Mm. Um, I remember literally as, as a, a small child coming in and seeing what my grandfather was watching and he called me over and sat on his lap and we watched fights. And I just, I remember growing up throughout my, my, my childhood watching fights with grandpa, watching fights with grandpa, whether it's Tuesday night fights on ESPN or Wednesday night fights on USA or Friday night fights on ESPN. Saturday night was HBO or Showtime. Um, he loved Mike Tyson. He loved uh, Roy Jones Jr. He loved Oscar De La Hoya. Um, so that was like kind of the early 90s, mm. uh, watching those fights with him. But then he always spoke about Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, uh, Alexis Arguello. He loved Alexis Arguello. And that is one of my favorite fighters, just hearing about him, you know, uh, from my grandfather. So yeah, th- those are kind of the guys that I grew up watching because, because of my grandfather. Mm. Mm. Listen, Chris, you are an amazing guest, man. Thanks so much for coming on Perform, man. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Anytime.